Welcome to the Popcorn Boys podcast. This is a podcast with popcorn and two people, and they talk about movies, and we have a nice time when we're doing it. Hopefully, we do. do. Killian, what did you have for dinner today? Uh, I had a spice bag, mm-hmm. um, tofu spice bag, mm. and uh, as did I. I had well, actually, I had half a tofu spice bag, mm-hmm. and then what did you have? I had one and a half tofu <laughs> spice bags. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about something other than Hollywood for a change? No, I don't go to the movies much. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. So what's your podcast about? Um, the movies. <laughs> it was good. You had full, big, massive portion of a spice bag, and then you also ate mine directly after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was hungry. Yours was quite onion heavy. It was kind of yours is kind of low carb. Yeah, mine was, hard. It was. I think they kind of fried it all up in one load and then your one um got all the onion and mine got all the potato yeah well i'm i I, when i'm eating the spice bag it's the potatoes i want but i was fishing around i was like my dog when i put like you know nice food mixed in with his regular dry food and he just fishes around he just fishes around for the i was like that i was getting the chips but um i had my fill of chips and i was extremely stuffed and then you ate your full thing and then you said can i have some of that and you Mm-hmm. Well, I said, can I have some of that after you had shown that you weren't going to well, eat anymore? Well, this is something I see that happens like with Emer all the time. Wow, you fin- you'll finish your dinner and then you'll finish also Emer's. Yeah, dinner I as eat well. it as fast as I can so then I can eat hers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. That's the way it's done. That's what happens, ladies. <laughs> That's what happens. If you're having a meal with Mark, it's very common for him, and he also eats with a spoon. That's um, you've over exaggerated the spoon thing. I eat pasta with a spoon and rice-based dishes with a spoon because it's a better way to eat it. Mark, he has difficulty. He's not a very dexterous man, and he just has a spoon. Um, he also still has stabilizers on his bike. He's that kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about stabilizers. Or Germans don't use stabilizers. They just use those yokes that you kind of hoosh yourself along. Balance bikes, people call them. Mm-hmm. But... They, that's we shouldn't have stabilizers. They're stupid. Well, the stabilizers are off on this episode of Popcorn Boys <laughs> because uh, we want to talk a little bit about it's Golden Globes, Golden Globes, Golden Globes. The Golden Globes are back. The Globes. Uh, they were cancelled a couple of years ago, but now they're back again, and everyone's going to them. And um, and the monologue by the host Joe Coy has kind of gone viral for what everyone is calling a bad bit of stand up or hold, something. Hold on, for the listeners, for a context and for me, who yeah. is Joe Coy? Well. I don't know. I mean, I assume he's some sort of comedian, but I don't know who Joe Coy is. Had you heard of him before this? No. Neither did I. I actually, when I saw I, the I, name, I, I I was like, I haven't even seen this name before. It's a really weird, it, it's it's like completely new. No. Anyway, he absolutely knocked it out of the park with his opening monologue. Um, and this is just some of the stellar lines that were delivered by, mm. by Joe. Based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. I watched Barbie. I loved it. I really did love it. Um, I don't want you guys to think that I'm a creep, but it was kind of weird being attracted to a plastic doll. Just something about your eyes, Ryan. And Margo, it's not always about you. He liked the way. Uh, 
The key moment in Barbie is when she goes from perfect beauty to bad breath, cellulite, and flat feet. Ah, or what casting directors call character actor. <laughs> what? What's the... Some I wrote, some other people wrote. Robert De Niro's here! Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, oh, shut up. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're kidding me, right? Slow down. I, I haven't seen this before. And they're the ones you're laughing at. Look. <laughs> Robert De Niro's here. I'm sorry. Oh, my so God. Bad. <laughs> Please say some of these I wrote, some of these I didn't write. Yeah. That's so bad that he had to say that on and the, the show. And the ones that, that I wrote are the ones you laugh at. That's, Did he say that? <laughs> yeah, he just said that. Oh, God. What was the... Well, I didn't understand the character actor joke. I don't know. I feel like... Can I just say from the get-go, even though he's he's like given out about the writing of the joke, his delivery, which is a hard... It's a hard job. I don't think hosting the Golden Globes is an easy job. No. But his delivery is not great in that kind of reading off the auto cue kind of joke. Because he's like, Barbie... The cellulite and has the cellulite and all this and flat feet. So what do you think? Character actor. Yeah. And it was just like the deliverer was a little bit like he was reading it or something. Wait, but I mean, wait, the, wait no, but the, dissect that. I actually, I genuinely don't understand what the joke is. I about. don't understand the joke either, but it's something to do with like uh, more realistic as character actor. I don't know. I actually don't get the joke. It's not, it's not. Is a, it? Is it? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to piece it together. No, in my it's, head. A, it's, a, it's wait. It, it's the joke that Margot Robbie is in fact Barbie-like, and is it a complimentary joke? Like to, he's saying, like Margot Robbie is Barbie-like, and for her to to act like she had flat feet and bad breath and stuff, that would be not her true character. I mean, I guess the joke was not written with as much thought as you're giving it. Um, it really wasn't. Uh, like the joke was, I don't think, as he was delivering it, he even lost faith in it halfway through. He goes, or as it's known, and then he goes, Jesus. And he puts his head in his hand and he goes, character actor, oh, uh, which yeah. is always a good way to deliver a punchline. Um, I remember watching Conan O'Brien back in the day mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes he'd be telling a joke and he'd be like literally halfway through and he'd be like, oh, this is a, this is not a good one. Yeah. And stuff. And that was like, you, there's a way, you, like if you, if your joke's not good, there's mm. a way you can kind of still pull it off in a yeah. way that's funny or that at least people still think you're cool. And um, that was not the case here. One of the things I would say, I think is in comedy, like you have to give, you have to give something back. It's not just, people are always like, make me laugh, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you walk into a, a comedy show with that attitude, you are not going to have a great time or, you know, you might, but like, it's mm-hmm. much less likely that you will, because if you're sitting there with this kind of iron, like make me laugh kind of thing, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's all about yourself. And that's not really what live comedy is about. It's kind of this shared experience, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't walk into uh, music or theater with this kind of expectation that they have to, you go in with it like, a, you know, intrigue and go like, oh, I wonder what this is about. or I wonder if this is going to be good. For comedy, some people think it's like a make me laugh kind of situation. And it's not. It's like the audience has to give it as well. And when the audience gives it, the comedian gives it back. And it's this nice kind of like circular thing. And I would say what Joe Coy was standing in front of there was an audience of people who were very much not giving it back to him. And in that sense, I'm quite, I feel, I do feel some sympathy towards ah, him because no. I think he's, he's not getting it ah, back. Come on. That's you being a, that's you just having fucking, I don't know, f- <laughs> jokes bomb on you and having PTSD for a while. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is definitely a thing. Like audiences, 
Man, I don't, I don't, if I go to a stand-up comedy show and they're not making me laugh, I'm going to say, fucking give me my money back. That's what I'd say. No. Yeah. You're the idiot who, who went to a stand-up comedy show. Man, no one goes to them. It's fucking, society has evolved beyond comedians, okay? I go, if I went to a concert, I have an expectation. I want them to play all the songs that I know and like, and if they don't play them, I'll be annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> regardless, regardless of what decade those songs were in. <laughs> Like what? Like if, if you go see... If I go see, like I'm going to see Corn. Yes. In August. Mm -hmm. If they don't play all the songs that they released in the 90s, if they play even one song since 19... Like since maybe the year 2000, I'll be like, ah, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah, I want to sing and say, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to sing and say, fuck that. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Do you like that boom. song? Uh, it's basically the only Corn song I could sing off the top of my head. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, the, anyway, the the I think the the they weren't giving it back to him. That's my opinion. I think. I mean, I think the jokes are corny, Wait, and that's and, why he did bad. No, I think that that's probably a reason why it didn't go as well as as it could have. But I, I mean, I'd say other people have done similarly shit but performances. It sounded like but he was getting at least a bit of a. <laughs> he's getting yeah, but you can feel there's no there's no real belly behind that laugh. Anyway, he he didn't do yeah. he didn't do a great job. Like obviously he was he was. <laughs> trashing the writers who wrote the jokes and he was saying i only got this job for 10 days like fuck it. and you're like man you know like 10 days should be enough too no 10 days is a short amount of time to host something as big as the golden globes that's not very why much why didn't he have 10 days what was going on there maybe he's a he's a procrastinator he's a, did someone else fall through no definitely they probably had someone bigger no one knows who joe coy who do you know who he is no i don't know he is he's not a why didn't they just get uh surely they could get someone better than him well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like every, every time someone hosts anything, mm. everyone's like, oh, they did a shite job. I can't remember the I last think it's one. a very hard job. Like Ricky Gervais did it. Everyone was like, boo. I feel like when Chris Rock presented something, the Oscars or something? Yeah, yes. Everyone what, was what like, happened boo. There? What happened Will there? Smith slapped him across yes. the face. <laughs> but because uh, he you like, some... I think when, Will, when Chris Rock hosted the Oscars, something happened. No, you know, it's always, like, there's always things going on. No, but I feel like people are always, no matter if, when people are hosting shows, uh, people afterwards are always like, ah, that was fucking Yeah, rubbish. yeah. People but, are hypercritical of it. It's just a hosting. It's a stupid job. It's a boring event. It's, 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 no one's watching that for entertainment value. Uh, yeah. It's like no one watches those. Have you ever watched the fucking Golden Globes? We host a movie podcast. We've never watched the Oscars or the Golden Globes. I no. might look at. I watched the Oscars once. Don't you dare say that. I watched it. Was oh, it good? Uh, no, it was boring. Yeah, that's exactly it. Anyway, some Irish winners. Yeah. At the Golden Globes. Killian Murphy. Fucking big day for Killians. Oh, Killianus. The yes. Killian times. I, I, He's Killian with a C though. Do you accept him? Into no, your... yeah. Killian. You have Killian Mbappe won the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Killian Murphy. He's winning Golden Globe. He's front runner to win the Oscar. Everything's. Killian Sunderman wins. Fucking funniest man in Ireland. I won, I won best actor in the uh, Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, that was good when you won that. That's um, two or something. You won best boy on Christmas Day in your in your parents' my mom, house. My mum said I was the best <laughs> behaved boy. Uh, yeah. So wait, but some of the winners, because this is usually a forerunner for who's going to win um, in in the Oscars. So let's run through the winners. Best film, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer was the big winner of the night. Okay, beating. Oh. Killers of the Flower and Moon, Maestro, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, and Anatomy of the Fall. Past Lives. Fair play. Uh, best Female Actor, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower and Moon. That's probably deserved. I actually think Sandra Huller in Anatomy of the Fall was better. Huller. Um, 
Then poor fi- poor things, uh, which is only out in Ireland literally today. Hold so on, we will go on. go see it tomorrow. Have you seen the trailer for Poor Things? Yeah, it looks so annoying. Doesn't it, it looks mental. I can't wait to see it. It's I think really it looks, interesting. It looks like Emma Stone being as annoying as possible. Um, I don't know. It just just looks like it's gonna piss me off. But I'm gonna go see it regardless. Yeah, I mean, it might continue. Uh, poor things won best musical or comedy. A best male actor in a musical or comedy was Nicholas fucking Cage in Dream Scenario, which I. Tried to stream this week illegally and I couldn't. Good. Um, I'm also, glad you couldn't. do you know what? Well, I just announced that wrong. Paul Giamatti and the Holdovers one. Uh, who's Paul Giamatti? What's he in? Paul, Paul Giamatti. Come on, tell me. Um, okay. Paul Giamatti is. Uh, he's the. This is going to be. He's the body in Agent Cody Banks. Okay. Got it. <laughs> no, Paul Giamatti, it sounds so familiar. No, don't look it up. Just tell he's me. He's in Sideways? No. He's <laughs> oh my god! He's in so oh, much. Like, he's, a, he's a he's a character actor. He's a side actor. He's he's a comedian. He's got uh, he's a funny guy. He's he... <laughs> I can't <laughs> describe Paul Giamatti. He's so visually obvious. Um, What's he look like? Describe him to me. He's got uh, he's kind of balding, and then he uh, <laughs> he's got <laughs> he's in Fred Claus. He's in John Adams. He's in. Um, 30 Coins? One of these films he's beat in. That's Paul. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah that yeah, guy. Yeah, he won yeah. uh, in a, a holiday film called uh, The Holdovers, which I haven't also haven't gotten Wait, to see yet. He won Best Actor for a Christmas movie. Uh, yeah, uh, but I don't know if it's a Christmas movie, but uh, it's a musical, Best Actor in a Musical Comedy. They have a, a wider s- span in uh, the, the Golden oh, Globes. Uh, best TV series? Succession. Best Female Actor in a TV series? Sarah Snook. Best TV series, The Bear. That's a musical or a comedy. The Bear. Wait, The Bear's not a musical or a comedy. Apparently it's a comedy. I wasn't laughing when I watched it. Cinematic and box office achievement went to Barbie. I don't know where Best Actor is, but we know it was Killian Murphy. Man, and, I'm starting um, to think these awards are a load of... They are a bit of a load of... What yeah. the hell is this? Yeah, what are they all are these categories? A of, uh, Boy and the Heron, which we'll be reviewing today, won Best Animated Feature... Um, Io Edabiri, another Irish winner, uh, won the best female actor in a TV series, musical or comedy. Are you aware of the Io Edabiri is Irish meme? No, is she Irish? Well, we were kind of claiming her because she did this. She did this uh, interview at. She must have been uh, maybe the Oscars last year, mm-hmm. and uh, someone said, "Oh, you were the donkey in." Banshees of Inisherin, and she rolled with it and did this kind of bit where she pretended to be the donkey in Banshees of Inisherin, and then just you know the way the internet works, uh, everyone just kind of picked up on it and just kind of said that Io Edabiri is Irish and now. Um, Sorry, and Mark dropped a bottle of water, and now she's running with it as well, and uh, she like it's some I yeah, don't know, Irish it. film said congratulations to Ireland's own Io Edabiri won her first you know uh, Golden Globe, and then she reshared it, then wrote something like. Era Abu or something in no her Instagram way. story. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so oh, she's like, like on board for the joke, which is good. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I like that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fun. I like that. So anyway, so we have two big Irish winners. Uh, we had Killian Murphy, and we had Io, and uh, anyone else? What's the? Does the? They also do the category best film predominantly enjoyed by men and best film predominantly enjoyed by women, don't they? Are you joking me? Like films that mostly are enjoyed by men and films that are mostly enjoyed by women. Are you, is that a joke? They have best film overall, and then they have best film for men. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was scrolling through the list. Going, like, oh my God, I got my, I don't have my, that's so funny. Um, you're freaking me out there. Best film for kids. 
best film for kids. They've got best film for plumbers and film best films for bakers. Anyway, uh, it was the Golden Globes and it happened and people watched it and I thought it was uh, a thing and it did happen actually. That's yeah, it feels like it didn't happen. Something that did happen was you watched Lord of the Rings finally. I did watch Lord of the Rings. Uh, that's kind of a golden globe. If you were to flatten the globe, hollow it out, um, make it into a ring. <laughs> <laughs> that could have yeah. been your segue. You missed that opportunity. <laughs> hollow out the ring. Sorry, I watched Lord of the Rings. So mm. as anyone who's listened to the podcast before for any amount of time will know, I don't like Lord of the Rings. Or so I thought. Mm-hmm. I watched Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of Their Ring. One, I saw it once in the cinema, whenever that came out. And then I saw it a second time in Paris. But uh, I watched it on my laptop. I watched it in five separate intervals mm. over over like a week. Mm. And both times, like I said, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. But then we were down in Clare, New Year's Eve. Uh, it's a We have a real tiny, shitty TV down there. Um and it, you can play DVDs and Emer just put in Lord of the Rings just to have something on the background. And then everyone's kind of chatting and then everyone kind of yeah. started watching it. And then we just watched the whole film and I was like, this feels fucking pretty good. <laughs> 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 I was like, damn, okay. It's really good. Shit, okay. Yeah. I, it's every, still really good. Everyone's got their own strengths and... Mm-hmm. We, man it was so you'd love this Owen our friend who's a big Lord of the Rings head Owen Corbett yeah Emer had it paused under some random frame there was no people in the frame it was just like you could just it was just kind of blue looking you could just see like a tree mm-hmm. and this was on a really old like tube TV mm-hmm. tiny TV paused and Owen just walked in the room and went oh Lord of the Rings <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> I think I'd be, you know, there's that great, uh, you know, the Wordle version, the film version of Wordle called Framed, you know that? Mm-hmm. And you take, I don't think that I, if they framed, you know, you have the first image and you have to guess. I don't think there's a single shot I wouldn't get. You do the whole film. I think I could do every single, if you went through every single individual frame of Lord of the Rings yeah. from Fellowship to, because I've watched it so many times. I don't mm. think there's, I think I would get it on number one every it, time. It was remarkable though, because I watched Lord of the Rings and... Then I watched, I watched a couple of days later then because I liked it. I watched The Two Towers Mm. and uh, I bet like there were so many lines of dialogue. The Two Towers I had never seen since 2002 when I saw it in the cinema. Okay. And uh, there were so many lines of dialogue that I just knew from people just saying them or just being on the internet and stuff. Overly memeified. I felt like there was like like two thirds of the entire film. I was like, oh, I've, I've heard this line before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good though. That, okay, two, so two you're enjoying it. it. I would say if there's anyone in my situation who's, you know, not familiar with Lord of the Rings and stuff, I, I actually liked the first one quite a lot. So then the second one, I was like, I'm not going to fucking beat around the bush here. I'm going to dive right in. And I went straight for the extended version. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend doing this. Okay. Uh, well, that I was, did. I insisted that you watch you it. You did. And it was, I think that was a poor, poor recommendation. <laughs> I did like it, but... There's a lot of important stuff that you miss. But there's also a lot of just, like, Merry and Pippin, like, just fucking doing stupid stuff. And you're like, I don't... Yeah, but that's the fun of it. I mean, yeah, it was kind of fun, but it was also pretty long. Like, How, lo- how long is the extended... I think it's like 3, 4, 3, 30. It's funny, because nowadays that wouldn't even be that long. I know. It would, yeah, it would be long. Be long um, the extended edition of of um, Return of the King, I've, I haven't watched that yet. I've been advised strongly against watching. Yeah. I've been t- it's four hours ten, which yeah. is like 
It is. No way. Mm. No way. Well, now that you've said that just there, you've mentioned it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, actually, I haven't watched it in a while. I might stick that on. Do. Four hours. Four um, hours well spent. Four hours in the land of a magical place that you wish you could live in. When I watch Return of the King, we're going to do an episode where we just talk about, it's going to be like Lord of the Rings for Dummies where I can ask you any questions. Yeah, yeah, I okay. Um, I like, I like, Emer kept calling Gollum Dobby the whole time. Really <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> That's good. I like Lord of the, I like, uh, you know, I like the orcs when he's like, oh, the way they're all cockney and all. That's right. Meat back on the menu, boys. Yeah, they're like, Arr. which I was saying to you beforehand. One of the big things people say: How would an orc in Middle Earth know about a menu? This is a big movie error mm. by Peter Jackson and uh, and all the people who wrote it. And I do not think that is a movie mistake. If you go through, they, there's so many places. There's so many. They, they're in the Prancing Pony, in the Prancing Pony in Bree. Four hobbits are in there, and yeah. and it's a pub. You don't think that they've got the word menu in that Yeah, but pub? to be fair, the orcs, like those lads have only been pulled out of the fucking soil. Like Ministerith. Ministerith. What's that? That's the big city of Gondor. Ministerith. You don't think there's a little restaurant in yeah, there? Yeah, but I'd say those orcs look like they've just been pulled out of the fucking dirt a few days ago. Ah, no, but they, they had lives before restaurants. they were orcs. They had lives before they were orcs. Is that how it works? That's how it works. They had lives before, I think so. But the <laughs> Urukai, Urukai used to be elves, I think. So... I'm not sure what the hell, I can't remember. But anyway. The word menu, it could have been, it, you know, they're, they're all speaking the in the common tongue as well. So maybe like the translation of menu mm. could be something else. You know? I thought they just made the orcs out of dirt and roots and stuff. No. Looks like that's what they did. No, no, that's not it. But there's that horrible scene when you when the guys you all cook in the flam and stuff. Yeah. No, I like them. I thought the whole Faramir, not a big fan of him, big time waster, dragging them around all day. No, yeah, no, he's, he's a pain great character. Ass. The tragic, you know. No, he's a loser and Oh my he, god. No. No, he sucks. And Absolutely he wastes not. their time. And I found that storyline quite annoying, to be honest. When like Frodo and Sam and, and Dobby are just like off we go down to uh the mordor and then <laughs> and then uh and then he's like no i'm gonna kidnap you and just make you fucking march around the hills for days and days and days yeah for no reason it's like oh for fuck's sake fire me well he's having a conflict of the self there's a lot going on there you know actually it's very different from the book Faramir. do you feel like what's sean bean's character Baramir. do you feel like Baramir is neils and you are Faramir? <laughs> I'd say when we played like make believe as kids, because we were into Lord of the Rings before the films came out. Um, I'd say I would have played as Farmy and Niels would have been Barmy because that was just the way things worked. Yeah, yeah. Niels got to be the best cool characters, and I was just the secondary character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember when we played like football, we'd do penos football, like this is when we were like five or whatever, mm. and Niels would always get to be like Zinedine Zidane. And then I'd be like the lesser. I'd be like someone who's just a little bit, you know. I, I think I was always Franca Francesco Toddy. I don't know who that he's is. He's a great player, but he's no Zidane. Mm. Um, anyway, we're going really off topic, or we're not talking about movies in the slightest. We're talking um, about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, but we have like a topical. stacked, stacked show because yeah. it's award season, and we've been to the cinema to see lots of films. And oh yeah, so we've got. Let me just go through the films because we never ever do this, and uh, you know, it might just. Keep be nice for listening. you guys to know what kind of films we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about Miyazaki, the boy in the heron, uh, supposedly his final, final film. He's come out of retirement and made this. Uh, as we just said, it won 
Best Animated Feature in the Golden Globes. Uh, we are also going to be talking about Priscilla, the film about Elvis and uh, Priscilla, uh, except from Priscilla's perspective, yeah, which yeah. is something that has been done before, way. Sophia Coppola's film. We're going to be talking about Maestro, Bradley Cooper, um, his film about Leonard Bernstein, and we're going to be talking about Willy Wonka, the Paddy Chocolatier. Did we not say Deepest Breath? Oh, and Deepest Breath, the, the Irish guy who goes underwater <laughs> so we're going to finish up two irish people uh yep. but first we're going to go with the top most topical film which is priscilla priscilla i actually recorded a, i did a vm of priscilla which i want to play because it was uh yeah i'll play it I, I, yeah yeah you do that please thank you let me let me load it up quickly what uh where what cinema did you see it in i saw it in the lighthouse cinema oh, nice. which i was glad okay. of it was actually pretty funny when i went to see it because I'm doing dry Jan, as mm-hmm. as are you. Yes. Are you are you fully in? Fully in. Yeah, 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 yeah same. We're Locked actually this episode of the podcast is sponsored by um, Heineken Zero. Oh, it's Erdinger's Erdinger Alcohol and, and Erdinger actually. Alcohol. The um, it's funny. Al- Zero is actually the name of the company, and then the other beer brands come in, and they. Um, anyway, this is what I thought of the film. <laughs> you started. Okay. Well, hello there, Killian. Um, I just went to see Priscilla. The. <laughs> the film about Priscilla, um, Priscilla Presley, Elvis's wife, uh, for a time. Um, I liked the film a lot, and I felt like I wasn't gonna do a voice recording, but then I decided I had to because I could feel other people's opinions and other things seeping in and changing what I thought about. I watched it. I would say like. The movie was teetering on teasing you with the potential of being boring, nearly for the whole thing. Um, but it was kind of period 60s times. Looked really nice. We saw it on 35mm, which I kind of added to it. Sometimes you'd see a bit of crackling and a few like little bit of artifacts on the film, which looked nice. And uh, it was just like a nice period time um, thing. Like I feel like the main thing it was trying to show in the movie was that Elvis didn't really treat Priscilla too good. And really the main way uh, that he didn't treat her good was by just totally neglecting her and leaving her in the house for long periods of time by herself. So naturally she was very bored um, and had nothing to do for long periods of time. And I think, you know, that's bad. And it was kind of showing that. But that's quite a boring thing. Like... A film about a woman who's like spends a large time, amount of time being bored. It's kind of hard to make it not boring. I didn't think it was boring, but it was almost boring. But I actually liked it very much. Um, but and I thought the guy from Euphoria who played Elvis. Well, I thought he was very good as Elvis. It was a kind of a sick, a sick side of Elvis that you don't normally see. He's a sicko, um, and also a pedo. Um, but. <laughs> We can discuss that more uh, on the show. <laughs> yeah, I liked it overall. Sorry. Afterwards, people outside were saying, ah, I didn't think the acting was that good. I didn't think this. And I was like, listen, I have to say, I have to say what I think on record before. Anyway, listen, you know what? It was a good movie. I don't know. It sounds boring. Uh, yeah, no, it was good. I really liked it actually. It was just quite, it was quite calm to watch. Well, at times, not always. Can you give me an idea of because people are saying it's boring? Um, I have are people saying it's two boring? friends who gave it like a one star. Oh wow! Um, 
Uh, so can you just, is it like that it's long, slow scenes or is it, because I, I, like, I'm trying to understand how, what's the boring so, coming from? One thing that's crazy about it is, I think it's about an hour and a half long, which is fucking nuts. Okay. Um, Like it just ended and I was like, what? Because you know the way films these days yeah. are like, all, as you were just saying, mm. I was like, this film's obviously going to be like three fucking hours long. Mm. Um, and I was kind of okay with that because it's dry jam. What the hell else am I going to be doing? Um, <laughs> it's a but, warm room. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's just a lot of kind of her going like, what, walking around the house alone. So it's Priscilla... This, this story, the story, she's like a child. She's in, almost when she's she like meets. 14 and then she's, it opens, she's 14 and she's drinking a soda pop mm-hmm. in a diner yeah. in Germany because they live in on a military base. Yeah, that's where they met. And then uh, this kind of Ghislaine Maxwell type character comes over and says, hello, Darl, do you like the music of Elvis? Mm. And she says, yes. And then he says, would you like to go to her ha- his house? She says, my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah, and then she's a says, child. Well, well, let me talk to your parents. And then he talks to her parents and convinces her parents to let her go to Elvis's house. And then Elvis sets eyes on her. He's like, oh, my God. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. <laughs> that doesn't, actually really, happen. doesn't yeah. actually really happen like that. Uh, so <laughs> he can't legally marry someone who's 14 years old. Wow. No, so he just kind of, what's the word where someone's? You grooming, grooming, he grooms grooming, her. grooming. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I think he f- uh, he kind of hangs around there. I think he go he he goes off the scene for a while. Um, and then he goes back to the U.S. and then he doesn't talk to her for ages. And then he eventually talks to her. He flies her out to Memphis, and then she's there. And then he basically has some agreement where her dad agrees to let her move to Memphis and live with Elvis, provided that she passes high school and she finishes high school. She enrolls in a high school in Memphis yeah. and then as she finishes high school and Elvis is like, you can trust me, sir. I'm going to make sure that girl finishes high school. Okay. Which is so gross. It's really weird. Like, I mean, why don't people, people talk can about talk more? about like other periods and, uh, but that is like proper. And another thing to know is that Priscilla Presley was a producer on this film. Mm-hmm. Like she, yeah. Like, so, you know, you're you're getting it's literally a first source kind of reference for the film. It's in terms grooming of, to like a level that I like he literally like was like he literally like became her guardian. You know what I mean? Like so her out and made, put her into school, you know, and then make her go to school. You know what I mean? Like that's like And is are they is he like no, it's, physical? It's a non, is it a no, physical no, relationship? And even after it's actually not, and then it seems to still not be even after. I don't. Well, you can just watch the film and find all that. Out. Okay, okay, but that's kind of so it's just a really weird situation documenting yeah. a side of Elvis. It's interesting that that's coming out like a year after the big amazing Elvis picture that yeah, yeah, yeah. really scoots over this thing. Yeah, and like yeah, every yeah. film about Elvis has, and it's kind of wonder... like is that if you're making a biopic about a person, um, you know, it's very hard to fit every single bit of that person in the film but this seems like a pretty you know when people think of Elvis everyone knows the name Priscilla yeah like everyone knows it it's Mm. it's like a bit like you scooted over that one Baz yeah (laughs) and like it like I have to say like the grooming stuff and that all that sick stuff that's just a bad start but then it went on there was periods of time where I guess it seemed like there's been a nice times going on but overall he was just very manipulative and and abusive in all mm. kinds of ways yeah. uh 
But sorry, so the boring stuff really comes from, um, I guess the main way he kind of didn't treat her good was he would just go away for long periods Leave of time, her. wouldn't really communicate with her, wouldn't do anything. And she'd just be kind of left her own devices in this in big Graceland. house in Grace, yeah, in, in Graceland. And she'd just be kind of moping around, n- nothing to do. Um, and there's just a lot of that. And I guess, I guess like, I thought it was good though, because it, it felt like, I suppose she would have felt quite isolated and separated from her family, separated from the world. And I think the film did a good job of showing that. It's also very nice period times and it just looked very good. Um, That's good because I like Sofia Coppola. I like her movies. Yeah. Um, I think she kind of makes, sometimes she makes pretty, she can make kind of boring stuff. Uh, yeah. But uh, I like Lost in Translation is one of my favorite films. Mm. I quite like The Bling Ring. And uh, yeah, I did. There's some I like Marie Antoinette. I didn't like very much, but uh, generally, I think she makes really good films. I think once it was almost boring, there's actually kind of a sweet spot from almost just before <laughs> it teeters into being boring, where it's like actually really nice to watch. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah. It's also like I don't. I didn't really know anything about Elvis, mm-hmm. and uh, she does an impressive Elvis. No, she does a uh, she does a very impressive. Um, you didn't know anything about Priscilla. I didn't know anything about Elvis. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know anything about either of them. Okay. But she doesn't fucking talk about Elvis. How do you not know anything about Elvis? I just don't know. No, you do know stuff about no, Elvis. No, but about his story, his life, his career, like the colonel. I didn't know who the fucking colonel was. Okay. I didn't know that. Did you not watch Elvis? No. Okay. Um, I didn't know any of this stuff. And she literally doesn't tell you anything about him. Which Did is they get Tom cool. Hanks to play the colonel as well in this one? No, he's not in it. But apparently... <laughs> Imagine they just got Tom Hanks. He plays, so... the, plays yeah. the colonel in that. That's so weird because Brian... Um, was there when we went to see it mm-hmm. and uh he made the same joke he made that same joke that was strange anyway shit am i not fucking yeah you're joking i'm at the same comedic level as brian <laughs> oh my um, god but <laughs> sorry <laughs> i gotta work on my act wrap it up wrapping up <laughs> Joe um, Coy over what I'm, here. I'm trying to say i'm trying to say here uh i was gonna say something there i was gonna say something oh yeah so she it's it's so from priscilla's perspective that like elvis just comes in and out and sometimes he's doing this sometimes he's doing that you don't really know what he's up to you hear snippets of him on the phone you hear him talking about doing stuff which i think to people who know more about his story would be like oh this is happening oh he's doing this now he's doing that now mm. but like i as someone who doesn't know anything about elvis had enough that's good clue. so that probably affected you well in the film like he talks about the colonel throughout the whole thing and i assume the colonel was just what he called his dad because i didn't know what the colonel was <laughs> and they don't tell you like yeah. you just hear him saying a few times like uh priscilla the colonel told me that i can't do that anymore and then uh, do you think my elvis voice is good um yeah oh, i think okay. it's pretty good yeah um <laughs> he uh he says that and then i was like what the that must be his dad i don't know what mm-hmm. that is but i kind of like that they don't tell you that because okay. it's, like, it's not about elvis you know what I mean? well uh if you want to watch priscilla i will also be watching it too and we will uh you can go to the cinema and watch it because yeah go with killian <laughs> <laughs> Said a lot of words there. It didn't make I any want sense. To, uh, I'm very keen to hear what you think of it because well, I thought it was one, very good. Moving from one musical icon, Elvis Presley, to another, mm-hmm. Leonard Bernstein. Bradley Cooper made a film. And can I just preface this with a little bit of drama? A little what? bit of drama. Wait, actually, hold on. Can I just say two more Elvis facts? Oh, yeah. I, re- I actually went, I was reading a bit about Elvis last night. Yeah. I, apparently, if he continued gaining weight at the uh, rate he was gaining weight at towards the end of his life, he would weigh 8,000 pounds if he was still alive today. Oh my and God. another one is apparently he had an IQ of 70, which means that he <laughs> was not very smart. Well, you know, what is intelligence? That's true. Continue. Um, 
Um, uh, so I watched uh, the film Maestro by Bradley Cooper, but a little bit of drama before that, because mm-hmm. um, I watched this film, uh, my friends, before the Golden Globes, before I knew about this drama. Oh, friends. Uh, with uh, some friends that aren't you don't know about. Actually, the Sleaze. I watched it with the Sleaze. Oh, okay. And um, basically, Bradley Cooper is really going for the Oscar this year. He's really mm-hmm. going for the Golden Globes. He wants that best actor, best picture thing. He's going for it. Yeah. He's doing a big Bradley campaign. Uh, there's some controversy about it because he, he put on a prosthetic nose and he's a non-Jewish person playing a Jewish actor. Um, anyway, he's going for it. And his rival is Killian Murphy. And Killian Murphy said in some interviews that he's, he's like, how did you prepare for the role? And he's like, I don't know. I spent like six months kind of researching um, Oppenheimer, all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Anyway, in an interview last week, uh, Bradley Cooper was interviewing Emma Stone about poor things. And he said to her, it looks like you spent years doing this. Did you spend years doing this? And she was like, yeah, I spent years. He was like, yeah, it really looks like you spent years practicing for this role. Not like, you know, six months, just, you know, whatever. He says something along those lines, oh. right? Which everyone interprets as a jibe at Killian Murphy, right? Yeah. So this week when, when Killian Murphy won uh, oh, yeah. a Golden Globe for Ireland. Hell yeah. Um, he was also, it was also quite a triumphant moment because Fuck yeah. Bradley was probably... Suck it, Bradley. Yeah. Anyway, you're going to hear me talk about his film Maestro quite positively now. So I just wanted to preface, I, I, I did this review before I knew about the drama. And obviously okay. I'm Team Killian. I just watched Maestro, Bradley Cooper's new film about Leonard Bernstein and his wife. Fucking hell, I forgot her name, Felicia. I watched the film two seconds ago and I forgot the name of the, the lead actor uh, played by Carrie Bradshaw. So it stars um, Bradley. Okay, so just uh, Wait, another will... another thing I need to add as well. Throughout this review, you will hear me call Carrie Mulligan, Carrie Bradshaw. Is Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing this review. Then Ada turned to me afterwards and was like, isn't Carrie Bradshaw from sex in the city? <laughs> So just I was about to say, I thought Carrie Bradshaw was the sex in the city. When you hear me say Carrie Bradshaw, I am, of course, referring <laughs> to the wonderful, incomparable Carrie Mulligan. Ali Cooper as Leonard Bernstein and um, Carrie Bradshaw as Felicia Bernstein, his wife. Uh, the story is, I guess, one of those films that details the whole life of uh, Bernstein. Um, but it's really about the relationship that he has with his wife, the complicated relationship, because Bernstein was a gay man, but also uh, was like madly in love with his wife. And how does he kind of, um, you know, live a free life full to its uh, full capacity and express himself through music and all this kind of stuff, whilst also uh, having a relationship um, with, uh, you know, his wife and his family and his kids and everything like that. The acting is astounding. It's really, really well acted, mainly by Carrie Bradshaw. You know, uh, Bradley Cooper <laughs> almost disappears into his role as uh, Bernstein. He's very, very good. Uh, he, this is the one where he had the prosthetic nose on that there was some controversy about because, uh, I don't know, like he's playing, he's a non-Jewish person playing a Jewish character uh, with, uh, well, Leonard Bernstein had quite a large nose. And so he put on a, quite a large nose. But, uh, you know, from what I've heard, the family were uh, very for him putting on the prosthetic nose. So I think that's kind of the people you listen to in that regard, even though maybe it's a little bit, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that right now. Anyway, <laughs> um, the film itself, I thought was really, really good. I was going into it expecting to hate it because I 
hated Bradley Cooper's last film, A Star Is Born. I thought it was just really sentimental, kind of melancholic, uh, just really on the nose shite. But uh, this film really took me along with it. I was expecting to not enjoy it, and I found it very, very uh, good. All the people in it, all the, the people talk like, yeah, yeah, I gotta walk, I'm walking down the road, and this thing coming up to me, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they talk like that. And uh, it's really, like, you know, it's really funny. Uh, it's got incredibly powerful acting. Uh, there's some scenes, like, the, it's really well directed, like, um, some scenes are extremely long they go beyond what you expect them to go uh, sorry some takes i mean not scenes like there's some really long takes in it that i think are really really good and i just i was brought along for the ride with the film um it's a kind of it's a love film uh, but it's a kind of a different kind of angle on love and a complicated different version of, of what we all imagine a relationship has to look like and it's i don't know i thought it was really good so maestro is a yes, yes, yes for me. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the Carrie Bradshaw thing is is one of the most embarrassing things I've ever done. <laughs> it's got to no, be. It's, nice. it's got to be up there with the most embarrassing. That's thing. cute. It's cute. <laughs> Sex in the City. I don't even like Sex in the City. Uh, anyway, obviously, I'm talking about how amazing that film was. That was you again, seem to really fucking that like was it. before I knew that Bradley Cooper was throwing shade yeah, at Killian Murphy. Yeah. So now. I hate the film. I hate everything about it. I didn't like a single bit. But if I was to go back to the mindset I was in after having watched the film and not knowing about the Bradley Cooper, Killian Murphy drama and feud, mm-hmm. uh, I would say it's a great film and you should definitely watch it. I watched it at home. It's on Netflix. There's one scene that's just Bernstein uh, conducting mm-hmm. an orchestra and he's real sweaty and he looks mm-hmm. real old and he's just kind of like, really in the moment conducting and Mm. they're playing the music and there's nothing beyond that really going on. Mm. It's just a nice long scene of him conducting Mm. and it's great. It's really good. What does the conductor do? They keep time. That's all they do. They just keep time. They keep time. They maybe do some other things, but the main thing is the conductor is sort of a metronome and um, that's... I guess, yeah, because you don't want it to be robotic. time. time. And that's, that's what they do. And, and, so a lot of I was asking my dad because my dad's in an, in an orchestra and like I was like, you know, when compose or conductors are doing like, you know, very like, mm. uh, let's say flamboyant or, you know, they gesture to the thing. Or if me or you was to mm. do conducting, we would probably do something really crazy. You know, we'd look like a manager on the sideline of a pitch, you know, just gesturing mm, mm, our arms mm. really madly. But he's like, that's not actually what you do. You're actually just, you know, keeping time. So just that's all you're doing. Um, so I think like a lot of what he's doing, probably, I wonder how good I'd love to see. And I'd say there will be soon some YouTube, like conductors react to Bradley Cooper's conducting (laughs) in that will be a a video very soon. But, uh, in terms of like me who knows nothing about it, watching it, I was like, he's good at that. That looks really good. How did it compare to other conductor film tar? (sighs) Two big conductor films in the last while. I think, I think. Tar is better. Mm. Tar is better b- because it's it's. Uh, I think that with biopics, like I don't think you ever really. I don't know. Biopics are always never going to be that interesting because mm. they are just a movie about a person, and it's never like. And they always sweep up awards, but at the end of the day, they're not like a film. They're just this kind of. Whereas Tar is like this interesting mm. piece of film. Whereas I don't know. Fuck it. It's just a story of 
Bernstein and his wife. It's like, I don't know. You're never going to get anything that interesting. Well, that's the thing. And you like this film a lot. I would yeah. say when I saw the trailer for this and read about what it was about, I was like, I don't care about this at all. Mm. Why, what, what, would your, what would your response to that be? I don't care about Bernstein. I'd never heard of him. Yeah. And I don't care about him. He's the he's very important character in American history. But like, I mean, you don't have to care about him to like the movie. I don't think I didn't know much about him. Uh, but I and I also, as I said, I was expecting to really not like it. I, don't, I mm. feel like uh, I don't know. I just felt like, oh, this is going to be stupid. I don't um, like Bradley but, Cooper, I got to say. Yeah, he's a bit much sometimes. He's really into telling people that he directed the movies. He's really tells everyone that he made the film. And he's did he all about that film. He's all about I don't know. He's, when he's making the movies, he's always about I did so much to do. I mean, did so much to make myself like he's like I learned guitar to play the role in um, A Star Is Born. And mm. if you look at it, it's like he's not even doing that much on the fucking guitar. I did, yeah, I did. It's funny because the one thing I know about this film, I was thinking there was like it said like Bradley Cooper trained with pro- conductors for six years before. It's stupid that stuff. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, fair enough, but uh, at the end of the day, like you're, you're, you're just an actor. Like, chill out. It's a movie, and uh, you know, you're not becoming the person. You never will. Like it's, it's it's like Bradley Cooper for his next film will spend twenty years working as a butcher for his next film, The Butcher. Like it's not you know like he's not going to be that person. You, you are an actor. It's that if you well yeah. you know it's like it'd be funny if yeah like if if you learned a really specific if like he learned a really specific skill for a film, but then he could only do that skill if if he was being filmed. <laughs> <laughs> he's like I can only play guitar if I'm being, if someone films me. I can't actually do it. Like if you if you if you learn to be a butcher for a role, yeah. At what point are you just a butcher? That's it, you know? Like he's he's not. He's not. He's an actor. So I mean I, just act. I might just, I mean like, you know I might start saying that like I'm an actor. You're an actor. I'm an actor who but plays the only role like you a, can play is an account manager for a fucking <laughs> consumer goods company. That's all I'm just that's I'm an actor. Yeah. I'll refer again to that great phrase of when Dustin Hoffman showed up to set and I think it was Lawrence Olivier he was doing a scene in Lawrence Olivier and he showed up and he hadn't slept for two days and it'd been on loads of speed because he was playing someone who was who hadn't been up for two days and was on loads of speed and Lawrence Olivier said you should really just try acting and that I feel is very relevant to kind of how Bradley hmm. Cooper wrote and that being said I thought he was great <laughs> <laughs> but Carrie Carrie Bradshaw yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan was better and I fucking dun, dun, love her dun, dun, I think dun. she's a great actor what's she in oh she's she's a promising young woman uh, she was in recently but she was also in Saltburn she had oh, a minor role in Saltburn the, she was great yeah she's also in that film she was in Drive yes she's great like really like her really good actor um just I only realized in this film I'm like she's the best she's actually the best is she yeah, she's the best. Hey. Anyway, that's that's the that's the film Maestro. I think you guys should check it out. Um, you'll be pleasantly surprised. Maestro, if you please. And all the all the sleaze liked it as well. Yeah. And uh, well, Keelan fell asleep and went to bed. But you know, all the boys liked it. Maybe it's mm. a film for the boys. I don't know. Was there a big? Uh, what kind of was there a horn section in the orchestra? Uh, yeah. I'd say uh, playing those horns, you probably want to be able to hold your breath for a long time. Yes. Big lo- big set of lungs on those boys. Mm-hmm. Not unlike free divers. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the best segues I've ever seen. 
Not unlike Freedivers. Now I'm going to take you on a dive away from the topical films of the moment and into a film that no one cares about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix, but I watched during Christmas and I'll only talk about it briefly. But mm. if you're like me and you didn't watch Lord of the Rings and you never watched Deep fucking Deepest Breath. <laughs> Deepest Breath is on Netflix. Uh, did I send you a review of this? I don't know. No, I'm looking up now. That's what I'm looking up. Oh, have you seen this film? No, I haven't seen it. So this is a documentary that a few people told me to watch. It's on Netflix. It's about people who do free diving. And oh. uh, I was like, oh, I don't care about this diving. And there's no way that this diving is going to be like, there's no way a film about diving is going to make me keep me interested for like two hours. You know why not? Diving is so cool, but it's no, but it's free diving. They just go down and they go straight vertically down and straight vertically. That back sounds up. so cool. What part of that do you think is not sounding cool? Yeah, but how many times can you watch someone go down and up, you know, in two hours and still be interested? Is what I thought, but okay. I was wrong. And OMG, that film is crazy. Well, I haven't watched a documentary that I found good in a while. I feel mm -hmm. like Netflix has really ruined just the medium of documentaries. Yeah, yeah. And they just put out so much shit. Netflix make good documentaries split over seven very bad yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know? and that's it's like why... one good documentary turned into just <laughs> seven episodes an hour long. But that's why even this, I was like, ah, I don't want to watch that. And then it was Christmas or whatever, or after Christmas, and I was like, I'll give this a watch. And... uh Man, it's so tense. It's fucking crazy. So what they do is like they try. There's and, an Irish guy in it, right? Yeah, it's just an Irish dude. The, the whole sport is like they have to go down vertically. They like swim down vertically as far as they can, mm -hmm. and then touch a little thing at the bottom. They grab a little tag mm -hmm. from down, and then they have to swim the whole way back up. Yeah, but like they go down like a hundred meters, and like it said, like their lungs like compressed as the size of a fist. Like hundred meters. All the... yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think so. My understanding is, I thought you get the bends, but apparently if it you... can't be a hundred meters. No, it is. And they hold their breath, and you don't get the bends. Do they use the fins? Are they able to use fins? They can use. They have flippers. Flippers. Yeah. Um, but like they go all the way down, and it's so, and they hold their breath the whole time, and it's fucking so crazy. That's um, crazy. How long? What's the longest amount of time they? Were, what like? Were you I talking like, like three minutes? I think like in this they were trying to get a world record, and they were going for like hundred and four meters down, down, and, and, how ba long, and back up. Um, and how long are you holding your breath for? Like, I think three or four minutes. Wow. Yeah, and you're like swimming pretty intensely. What's up. the longest someone's? No, and so, people die. Do people die? Uh, I'm not gonna say, but people must die doing this. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm a few, assuming it's like free solo or whatever, and like loads of people have died doing this. Maybe, um, but it's there's fucking... no way people don't die. Doing no, people die. <laughs> uh, yeah, if people die in the film, maybe. But uh, do people die in in general? Do people die? Yeah, yeah, people be dying doing the, doing this, and people die in general. In general too. That's what I mean. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's just so tense when you're watching them go down. You're like. Fuck, fuck, like because when they're coming up you can nearly the way it's shot you just like you know the way you're watching something like that and you mm. like you, you yourself and you start going like, <gasps> yeah 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 <gasps> like you're just watching it and it's such a weird sport because like they it's like having a seizure is like completely normal in their circle like really people be having seizures all the time wow. like because they come up and they're kind of passed passed out brain switched off and then they'll just go and try it again the next day oh like they just God. resuscitate them and they're like oh i'll give it so another they're go. kind of crazy people yeah, it's a crazy yeah. sport. Okay. Um, really like crazy. Like 
Um, well, it's good they made this documentary because that's only going to make it more popular. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's this Irish guy who starts doing it. He basically has an accident um, and becomes... He has an accident and basically is like, whoa, that was fucking crazy. Nearly dies. And then he decides to become one of the safeties. So they're guys that swim down halfway. And then when you're coming back up, they kind of monitor you and come back up with you. Yes, okay. They don't have tanks either. So they are also holding their breath. So their job is like Why? super hard. Because if you, I think if you, my understanding is that's how you get the bends. If you have tanks, if you're breathing oh, and you go up. Yeah, or if you go too quickly or something. Yeah, if you or, go too quickly. Whereas if you're yeah. just holding your breath, that doesn't affect you. Okay, okay. Um, so they go down and up and, but it's basically this, this woman is like tr- constantly pushing herself to pu- break more and more records. And then okay. some stuff happens that's pretty unexpected and. There's just lots of crazy shit happening and okay. it's just, it's a good story. Some fucking crazy intense shots and stuff. And I was just like, whoa, that documentary is good. Curve tears. Yeah. Laughing, excitement. You you name it. Okay. You name it. All right. Well, I will check out The Deepest Breath and, um, and another film. No, there's no way I can link this film, but I do want to quickly just touch on it uh, because, I mean, we don't have so much time. Uh, so maybe we'll just... I've kind of forgotten what film we were going to talk about. Wait, would you? I feel like it's too late. You need to talk about Wonka next time. Because yeah. I really want to talk about it a lot. Okay, okay. I feel like we got a lot we want to say about Wonka. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay, so we watched Wonka. We're going to review it on the next podcast. What? what well, how long are we going? We're for? at 53 minutes. That's a, that's a decent, that's a decent idea. Okay. What I would have said is, if you if you think if you think being deep underwater holding your breath hard imagine being deep in a fucking pool of chocolate augustus gloop style okay that's too good for me not to talk about wonka uh so i'm going to talk about wonka and we won't talk about boy in the hair and we'll talk about it next week because it deserves shit it deserves more time okay okay but willie oh wonka the irish chocolatier the reason i'm calling it that is because inexplicably uh they create this backstory for willie wonka even though if you remember in the previous uh iteration of you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. Willy Wonka, his dad is a dentist played by, was it Christopher Lee? And uh, he's got the big kind of, you know, braces on his face. Do you not remember in the last Willy Wonka? What do you mean in the last Willy Wonka? In the last Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You mean with Gene Wilder? No, there was the Johnny Depp one. Oh, no, I've erased that from my memory. Okay, okay. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, most people have. Um, (laughs) Anyway, uh, they rewrite that. They rewrite the background, so the history of, of Willy Wonka. Good. And in this one, his his, his his mom is like just this Irish woman on a boat, uh, and he's also a little Irish boy. So I don't know. The, people don't seem to be talking about it. But it's fully he's fully Irish as a little kid in this. And he's an American accent. Uh, when he's older, when he's when he's a boy, he's a little Irish boy. Oh yeah, it's weird. Anyway, the Willy Wonka, which. But this film is called Wonka. It's a prequel. It's about how Wonka comes to this unnamed town and he's this young lad full of dreams um, played by <laughs> Timothy Chalamet and he's going he's gonna to find his, uh, you know, his, his dreams. He's going to make chocolate. He's going to give love and joy to everyone. He's gonna and it's going to be amazing. And his, cho- his chocolate is this wonderful thing. First of all, when we were going to go see this, it was in those days between... Christmas and New Year's where mm. we were just like, I need to get out of the fucking house. So we were like, let's go the see pig, a film. The, the only film that was on mm-hmm. was Wonka. Mm. Um, it was made by the same director as Paddington. Yeah. Which I really like Paddington 2. I hadn't seen Paddington 1. Paddington 2 is so good. And uh, Paddington 2. Paddington 2. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh, okay, we'll go, we'll go check it out. And I was, I, and I was like, 
I th- no, I was. I think it's a musical. I hate musicals. So I don't want to see it. And I was like, it's not a musical. Mm. Think it's a musical. I don't know. And I was like, it's not a musical. It's not a musical. We go in, uh, opening scene. He's on the top of a mast. I'm going to make some chocolate in the city. Five minute song, like a real like eyes closed kind of sentimental oh, load of rubbish. We're off to a terrible start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the first scene. We're is, off Tim, to is Tim singing? Tim is singing and uh, and he's doing his Wonka and his Wonka. First of all, I think a lot of this film is based on like how good Timothy Chalamet's Wonka is. And it's not good. I'm at making all. chocolates, of course. Yeah. It's just he, he speaks constantly in this kind of enthusiastic um High pitched, always finishing on a high, kind of on an up. And I'm, oh yeah, let's go, let's do this. Oh yeah, it's so great. This kind of like enthusiastic thing, and mm. there's none of that sort of like creepy uh, scariness that that that, <laughs> that you have with Gene uh, Gene Wilder. There's <laughs> yeah, none yeah. of that kind of like you know he's a little bit he does kind of things wrong. Like he, he kind of hates the kids. Yeah, his chocolate is both alluring and incredible but also quite dangerous you know things bad things can happen he's like a mad scientist and and yeah he's kind of got that mad scientist thing he doesn't have that he doesn't really also either you know have the the weirdness that that uh johnny depp's wonka had johnny depp's wonka was perhaps overly weird and overly quirky but he did have that he did play Mm, it quite mm. strongly he's just somewhere in this kind of hey things are kind of good all the time like a children's tv presenter or something like that it was just very that's what I got from the trailer yeah it was just it was just it wasn't very uh interesting and it was quite flat it was a very flat performance uh so he comes to this city he uh wants to make chocolate and have a big thing there's this sort of gang of chocolatiers uh, played by various uh, British actors and they are uh they kind of run the town and he wants to get in there with them but they obviously don't want this new young kid on the block whose chocolate is incredible it's making people fly they don't want it to work out so they kind of start pulling strings to make sure that Wonka's uh, chocolate shop that he dreams of opening, uh, he dreams of opening because of, you know, his mum always believed in him to do this, mm. this kind of this narrative of his mum uh, all the way through it. Uh, they don't, you know, they, he wants to open this shop. They don't want it to happen. And uh, and so they keep blocking it. And then he meets people along the way and he, you know, builds this group together. And it's got a lot of really cool actors and everything. But generally... Just tonally, it just feels very, very off. There's no, it's, it's, there's no wonder in it. It's, it's like, it's really kind of, um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess with Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Roald Dahl specifically, mm. there is a, a kind of like scariness to it that I think is what's enticing and what's good about it. Yeah, you know, the yeah. twits and the, and all these kind of the witches, this stuff is quite scary, you know? Like maybe it's it's it like you know some people are changing Roald Dahl's books recently because maybe they were a little bit too much of that. But that element of you know uh, gruesomeness and scariness is kind of what's enticing, and kids can handle that. Kids are able to handle that. Yeah, that's what kids they like. You know, they and, need and, us. and 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 so they this like film it, yeah. just feels very like we're giving you some you know some bread and buttered with jam, and that's what you're able to have. And it's just yeah, very yeah, like yeah, yeah. this is the stuff that kids will like because kids are just little idiots who want to feel happy all the time. And I'm just like, that's not it. And and Wonka's chocolate never is is scary or, or it never or, like harms the kids. Yeah, and, or, <laughs> or like people in general, it's never you know it's kind of or like he doesn't have that intention in him. He's mm. just goodness. He's like a mess- messianic kind of figure, and in that it just feels so flat and tonally boring and there's no complexity to the character and they try and make it this sort of like 
he's good because of this backstory of his mom. And it's just like, that's just like, you know, I don't that's know. It's like a new character. It's not, it's just not really interesting. And it doesn't do, it doesn't do anything for me anyway. I thought it was like a dreadful, dreadful film. Bar <laughs> one of the songs was quite good. What was Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa like? He was actually, okay. It was an improvement on the last Oompa Loompa. Definitely. Mm, um, mm. Hugh Grant, I actually think he's kind of great as an actor. I think, I think he's good as a little you know he, he kind of acts like a little dickhead um yeah, but yeah. he does it well i quite like him and it's, um yeah or maybe more like a reluctant nice person he kind of does that mm. he does it well uh but yeah there's one song called scrub scrub which i thought was quite good uh but beyond that it was so bad olivia coleman's in it it's so bad it's such a really 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 bad it's stinker it, of the week don't watch it don't bring your uh, you know, if you have any friends who are children or you have friends with kids or whatever, <laughs> don't bring people to see this film. I think there's far better ones. Uh, stick on the old Willy Wonka. They'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I thought it was shite. Uh, don't go see it. Willy Wonka. Willy yeah. Stonka. Will, yeah, Willy, Willy Stonka. Willy Stinker. I mean, he's, it was a stinker of a film. The um, Carrie Bradshaw was great in it, though. <laughs> I think, yeah, from what I get, gathered from the film, the way you described it looks precisely like what the trailer to be yes. fair, honest trader. Mm. It just looked that whole the, listen down and stand up or yeah. whatever. Fucking oh. Jesus. Um scratch that. Do it again. Scratch that. Reverse it. Yeah. It's um it just looked really annoying and really shit. And like, yeah, I think the Tim Burton one, while it was shite, mm. at least it was still a bit scary. It tried to Mm. He tried to put a new, I guess, yeah. look to the whole thing. Mm. Whereas this just seems to be kind of, let's try and make money off the Wonka thing again. Yeah. Like, ugh, yeah. It just looks so. I'd be real. interested to ask some kids and see if they loved it. But uh, uh, Tony Cantwell, mm -hmm. uh, I think he brought his kid and he think he said that he did not like it. Oh, shit, really? So, I mean, there you was, go. Was, kids rarely don't like movies. Was it a lot of CGI, washy, wishy washy shite? Uh, there was. A fair amount of it, yeah. Yeah, there was a fair amount of CGI. But mm. it didn't look bad. I don't think the film looked so bad. It was kind of like, you know, a kid's film can look like that. That's fine. Mm. Um, but it was just like, yeah, it was just, it didn't have... Uh, it, had, it was the, the subject matter they chose and they used in the wrong way, I felt. Um, and I can't believe I spent that long getting that annoyed and angry about Willy Wonka, a film that, you know, stupid and I shouldn't have gone to see. But anyway. Did you ever, when you were a kid, call him Willy Wanker? I did, yeah, yeah. I said, I said that. it, I, of course. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I I was smart. I wasn't Elvis. I didn't have seventy IQ. Okay. Yeah, true. I'm probably in the high nineties. What? Uh, you know what? This week I'm going to see Boy and Heron. So then we'll see who's the okay. Well, you go movies. see Boy and the Heron, and we'll talk about it uh, next. I'm going to watch Return of the King. Is okay, so next podcast, Mark will. Uh, well, if you start watching now, you might finish Return of the King by the time we need yeah. to record the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll watch. Do you know what else I watched? Rocky One, Rocky Two, excellent. I'm not going to talk. They're about great. Them. They're great. And we'll also be back with um, what's the film? Poor Things. We'll also be out with Poor Things. Oh yeah, I'll be watching that. Uh, which is out today in Ireland, and we'll go see it. So it's out on the fourteenth. Oh, is it? Okay, it's not even out today. Um, anyway. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We love you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thanks.